starting at verse 3. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, Jesus appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Um, so, so here you, you kind of got the context for this story. Uh, Jesus had lived closely with his disciples for uh, three-ish years. And then he died. Uh, he rose from the dead and then spent 40 days proving to all of his followers that he was indeed alive. Uh, and, and after spending that long with them, they were beginning to believe it. They, they were beginning to believe that, okay, this is true. Jesus really did conquer death. And they, they began to make plans for what was coming next. Verse 4, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Uh, I, I hope you can see what's going on here. Uh, Jesus and his disciples were both preparing for the future, but they were preparing in very different ways. Uh, Jesus says, Sp the Spirit's going to come on you. Wait until you receive the gift that God has promised you, and, and that's how Jesus is preparing. They're preparing uh, by saying, Jesus, when's the time coming for you to restore our kingdom? For, for you to deliver Israel from the oppressive Romans? When are you going to restore our kingdom? The di disciples who had spent countless days and nights with Jesus were totally missing the mark here. They still didn't get it. They still thought, even especially after Jesus conquered the ultimate enemy, death, they still thought that he was going to lead uh, some sort of a, a governmental, military, possibly revolution to take Israel back, to take their kingdom back. They kept asking him, Lord, are you going to free Israel now and restore our kingdom? They thought that was Jesus' mission. They thought that was their mission. But Jesus continues in a verse that if you've been around our church for more than a year now, you know you're pretty familiar with. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And in fact, let's, let's read this together as it's uh, on the screen here. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can't you just see Jesus' disciples wrestling with this? Okay, okay, so our mission isn't to free Israel and restore our kingdom? That's not it. Our mission is to go to the ends of the earth and tell people about you, Jesus? That, that's our mission? Our mission is to go to the ends, to go away and tell people about Jesus? About the kingdom of God that he keeps talking about? That's different than the kingdom of Israel? 
Our mission isn't to take power and control and restore our, our kingdom. Our mission is to tell people about Jesus and his kingdom. Can't you just see that? Starting to soak in. Okay, Jesus doesn't want us to spend our time trying to restore Israel's kingdom. He wants us to tell people about his kingdom. His kingdom that sets people free, that heals people, that saves them from sin, that, that teaches them to forgive and to give and receive grace, that gives them new life, that welcomes the lost. Okay, Jesus. Okay. I, I think we're getting it now. And, and you know, friends, that, that mission, that mission that Jesus gave his disciples so long ago, that mission has been handed down throughout the centuries to the church of every generation. That mission that Jesus gave them is the same mission that he gives us to tell people about him everywhere, to tell people about how Jesus can set them free, how he can transform their life, how he can give them new life, life of meaning and purpose, life of hope and and a future worth living for. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses and tell people about me everywhere. You know, that's what this church is really about. Telling people about Jesus. Because we believe with all of our hearts that Jesus can transform lives. He did then and he still does today. In fact, last year at this time, um, our church family, you all, um, we got together. It was this weekend last year, and we responded to Jesus' command to us in, in this verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, by, by making financial sacrifices in order to continue and expand Jesus' ministry through our church. And for those of you who are uh, newer to uh, Troy UMC or, or you missed a good portion of last fall, uh, we called it Mission 1-8. And in a nutshell, really, it was a mission and ministry plan for this year, 2019, and next year, 2020, that our leadership invited uh, you all, the, the broader congregation and members and attenders of our church, to help fund by taking your next step and growth in generosity. In fact, if you're newer and you weren't here for that, uh, this, this was kind of the informational booklet that we shared with everybody. And, and if you are newer in, in this past year or you weren't here for, uh, for most of last fall, we have these uh, back at the welcome table, uh, which I would invite you to grab on your way out. We would just love for you to have the background and have an idea of some of our um, mission and ministry plan for this year and the next. And I, I'd love to talk with you about it if you have any questions too. But, but, but we uh, followed the same flow of Jesus' command, if you remember. We, we started in Jerusalem, and, and for us that represented the ministries that we were already a part of. The things that were already happening uh, that we were offering at this time last year. And then to expand to Judea, uh, that represented expanding those existing ministries to make room for more people. 
and then to branch out into Samaria, some uncharted territory representing brand new ministries that would reach new and different people. And finally, the ends of the earth for us representing expansion in local, regional, and global mission partnerships. And, and I'll have uh, some, some updates to share in a bit about our, our progress in that. But, but just to be honest, when I try to wrap my mind around all of this, I'm a bit intimidated. Personally, I feel a little overwhelmed uh, thinking that Jesus has entrusted us with this big mission. It keeps me awake some nights. And he entrusted that, that big mission to the original disciples in, in the verses that we just read. And, and we could see it start to sink in to them. And, and I imagine that they were beginning to feel a little bit overwhelmed with that responsibility too. And just, just as they were beginning to get their minds wrapped around what Jesus was really asking of them, this happened in verse 9. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into the sky while they were still watching, and he disappeared into a cloud. Okay, wait, Pastor. Um, so let me get this straight. Jesus just gave them the biggest mission in the world, and then he just disappeared? Up, he went up into a cloud? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Now think about this for a second. Um, th this might, I, I, was, I was trying to imagine it, something that would be similar. Um, and this is a stretch, but, but maybe it'll get the point across. So this, this might be like me coming home. Uh, after work one day, and I have two children, uh, sixth grade, fifth grade, Andrew and Anna, and, and maybe sharing with them, you know, kids, I'm going to be gone indefinitely, and, and this is what I'd like you to do. Uh, first off, I, I'd like you to keep the house clean while I'm gone. It'll make your mom happier. Uh, uh, and, and, and also, you know, please remember to take showers that matters. It matters. And, and do your homework. Uh, that's important too. And remember to eat. Oh, I know you're going to eat. Remember to eat healthy food. Uh, and and just, just take care of things while I'm gone. Now, do you know why I don't do that? I mean, seriously, do you know why I don't do that? Because I'm not on drugs. That's why I, I don't do that. Uh, that's crazy. Now, now listen, Jesus teaches about the kingdom of God for three-ish years. He dies. He's resurrected, spends 40 days with his followers, gives them the biggest mission our world has ever known. The biggest mission of all time. And, and to tell people about him to the ends of the earth. And then he just disappears. That seems like complete insanity to me. Now, let me make sure that, that we get this. I, I, think, I think Jesus sort of indicates that he knows that his disciples don't have what it takes to carry out this big mission. And that's why he tells them to wait. To wait in Jerusalem until they receive what the Father promised, until they receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses and tell people about me everywhere. Jesus gave his first disciples and he gives us his Spirit 
He puts it right into our hearts, into our lives, so that we know that he is with us always and to give us power to carry out his mission. You know, when, when you invite Jesus into your heart, you surrender your life to him. Um, I, I don't care if you're three years old or you're 93 years old. When you do that, when, you've, when you invite Jesus to lead your life, the scriptures teach us that, that he plants in us his spirit. He pours out his spirit into our lives. He deposits that spirit of Jesus into us. The same spirit that, that Jesus had that raised him from the dead lives and breathes in us to give us power in our lives. Power to live for God. Power to live like Jesus to, to fulfill this, this big mission that he's given us. And praise God that we have the power of the Holy Spirit because that is one big mission to tell everyone everywhere about God's amazing love for all people through Jesus Christ. And Troy UMC, I, I just want to take a, a few moments to share with you some of the ways that our church, that you are doing this. Uh, just by giving a, a few updates for uh, our Mission 1-8 initiatives that we launched about a year ago. I, I mentioned that our Jerusalem initiatives uh, were, were all about our, the ministries that we already had going on, ministries that were bearing fruit. And I tell you what, they, they continue to bear fruit. Uh, our traditional and modern worship services, um, it, it's rare to find a church that, that really is growing effectively in both types of worship styles like that. And, and we are. Uh, there isn't a week that goes by that there isn't a, a brand new person who is, is with us. Uh, and and that, that's, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, our preschool Sunday, we had several people visiting for uh, the first time, and, and, and several of them will be at our membership class, our new membership class, immediately after our final service today. Uh, the, these, our worship services continue to connect with people and, and reach out to people who have been disconnected. Um, uh, our, our children's and student ministries uh, continue to bear fruit. Uh, our, in fact, our student ministry right now, uh, uh, we have several middle schoolers who are in our confirmation class who are away on their first confirmation retreat of this year. And so if you're a parent of a confirmation student who's away right now, I got word last night that they're, they're doing well. Uh, everybody's eating. Uh, I don't know about healthily. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're having a great time, and, and they'll be back uh, this afternoon. Uh, they're, uh, our Jerusalem also includes our journey groups uh, and uh, our behind-the-scenes administration, the upkeep of, of all of our facilities and grounds, uh, which, by the way, get used all the time for a variety of different ministries, uh, all of our base, basic operational expenses, and, and much, much more. Uh, that, that was Jerusalem for us, and we didn't want to stop the great things that God was already doing. Uh, so let me jump to Judea, which was expanding. Uh, our goal was to expand those ministries to make room for more people. And because of your generosity, we've been able to expand our children's ministry with uh, a full-time director of children's ministry, um, some increased uh, safety and security procedures, and, and uh, growth in just our, our general programming, what we're offering uh, your kids and grandkids each and every week. Uh, we've invested more in our journey groups. In fact, 
I just received the fall rosters for our journey groups um, this fall, and, and almost uh, 200 people involved, including 27 first-time people, to, or at least first time they weren't in a journey group the previous semester. Uh, that's fantastic. Some of you represent uh, those first-time folks in journey groups. Uh, we hired a director of connections who oversees our new guest follow-up and all of our communications. And uh, we've drastically improved our signage inside and outside our facility to help improve a first-time uh, visitor's experience. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, there are many entrances that you could come into this, these m different parts of the building. And some of you are thinking back to the first time you came and you're like, I have no idea where to go. Well, now there's signage uh, that helps people know where to go. Uh, but, but we've also started some brand new initiatives to reach uh, new people, our Samaria. Uh, we periodically offer dinner church in St. Jacob, and we've, in this latest stretch, consistently had a little over 30 people uh, attending. Uh, we launched a, a men's journey group with uh, occasional uh, men's ministry events. Uh, we formed a master planning team that has been meeting with an architect to help us take steps into the future beyond these couple of years, and we've made a lot of progress and uh, dreams and vision for the future as it relates to our facilities and grounds. And we can't wait to share uh, some of those things with you in the new year. Uh, also, we've been uh, getting much closer to launching a Facebook Live worship experience. In fact, last week was a trial run uh, and, and saw a handful of people just tune in. In fact, um, one person who I would kind of describe as homebound, who can't make it on Sunday mornings, just kind of saw it and tuned in and said, this is great. I, I can be a part of this even though I'm not able to get there. Uh, we were going to uh, practice again this week, but ran into some technical glitches. So we're not really ready to fully roll this out, but we hope to be in the next couple of months as we uh, figure, uh, figure out how to do that uh, just right and consistently. And on top of all that, we're really uh, doing our best to take care of our financial responsibilities uh, that, that we had before then. Um, incorporating our full mortgage payment that really paid for the, uh, the purchase of the ball fields and uh, 15 acres of additional property about three years ago. So we have a, a mortgage for that. It's a little under half a million dollars now. And that payment is built now into our general budget. So we're accounting for those things. And, and this year we've effectively reduced our debt by another $100,000 or more uh, of other debts. So um, eliminating that almost entirely. Uh, and folks, I'm not even finished. I mean, all that's great stuff. But we haven't even got to the ends of the earth yet. Uh, our Mission 1-8 plan included an increase of mission giving beyond our church from about 5% of our general budget, which is where it was um, a couple years ago, to this year, 7.5% of our general income. Um, to next year being 10% of our general income. And uh, this 2019 increase, which represents, reflects a little over $30,000 more to, to invest in the work around the world, um, has allowed us to, among other things, uh, purchase the over four tons of food that you all packaged and then to uh, send it out, to uh, make it possible to send that out to wherever it's needed in the world. Um, it, it has helped us uh, support missionaries 
uh, who are connected to our congregation, short-term and long-term missionaries who are in places like China and Thailand. Uh, we, we've also been able to provide support for people and ministries in need uh, regionally, as well as uh, helping to fund uh, the, the sending away of those shoeboxes that you brought in. Some of you made donations uh, to help with that, but we're going to pick up the rest of that tab, make sure that they, they get all around the world as a blessing to children around the world this Christmas. Um, and, and that doesn't even include our December initiatives, which I cannot wait. I'm just I don't want to break a secret right now, but I cannot wait to share with you in two weeks some exciting things uh, that, that this church will be a part of and your giving in December will help to make possible. So you'll want to be here in two weeks when, when I share about that. Uh, and later today at 2 p.m., we've actually got an informational meeting for a mission trip that we're taking to Puerto Rico next year to really share the love of Jesus with people who were devastated by Hurricane Maria just two years ago. Uh, so that, that's a brand new connection and initiative out of our, out, out of our Mission 1-8 initiative. So I hope you can make it. It'll just be in the Upper Family Life Center at 2 o'clock uh, this afternoon. But, but all of this, all of this is made possible because of your ongoing generosity, which I believe stems from your conviction that the big mission that Jesus gave his disciples the day that he disappeared is also our mission. And we're not left alone floundering as we try to fulfill our part of Jesus' command. <laughs> no. We are empowered by the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And I'm so grateful for the way that that spirit of God works through you, that works through this church. It makes it an absolute privilege to be the chief shepherd of this church. I am so grateful for you, for the witness you are to the love that God has for all people. In fact, as a symbol of the way that God has poured out his Holy Spirit on us, we're going to have a special anointing service today. This is for everybody. Everybody who calls themselves a part of this church, and even if you don't call yourself a part of this local church family, if you are a follower of Jesus uh, and part of the church universal, this is for you as well. In just a little bit, you'll be released by row, uh, similar to how, we, uh, how you're released by row uh, when we uh, take the Lord's Supper together. Uh, you'll be released by row, and you don't have to get up. You don't have to participate, but, but I think most of you are going to want to. And, and you'll, you'll stand in line and, and come forward, and at these uh, stations right here, there will be uh, folks who will anoint your head with oil. Uh, they'll just make a symbol of the cross with a little dab of oil on their, their finger or thumb. Just make a symbol of a cross on your forehead. So if you aren't blessed like me, you'll want to uh, take your hair and just kind of lean it back like this. I see some of you are just overly blessed. You don't need to do that. Uh, but but uh, you just might want to peel your hair back a little bit so they can, they can uh, reach your forehead there. Uh, but they'll make the symbol of the cross on your forehead and, and share, just share a, a word of blessing over you that you remember the power of God's Holy Spirit that is always present with you. That you've been given the power of God's Holy Spirit to fulfill Jesus' command to tell people about him everywhere. By the way you live your life, 
by the things you do, the things you don't do. And, and sometimes with your lips and your testimony. And one of those people who will be anointing you is someone who many of you don't know, but someone who has lived her life in faithful service to Jesus' command uh, that I thought it would be especially meaningful for her to be a part of this, this special anointing service. Marlene Cummins has lived her life empowered by God's Holy Spirit to tell people about Jesus everywhere. And, and she, has, she has served our broader United Methodist Church and served in our local church for decades. Uh, first off, uh, if you can see from this picture, uh, Marlene's a Cardinal fan. Uh, God bless her. Uh, uh, but she has always been uh, very gracious to this Cub fan, um, overly gracious. Uh, Marlene has served our uh, conference as our conference president of the United Methodist Women, uh, which is, uh, or at least at the time when she served the handful of years that she was our conference president, uh, that represented over a thousand church, around a thousand churches. Um, she was a member of the General Board of Global Ministries, which is a, a global United Methodist group that really works to be the hands and feet and, and kind of uh, share the message of Jesus all around the world. Uh, she coordinated more specifically in our area, our conference's dis disaster relief efforts during the horrific flood of 1993. Marlene was also a delegate or attender at every general conference since the inception of the United Methodist Church from 1968 all the way through 2012. And she worked as our conference's associate director of local church ministry, uh, which was, uh, th their task was to focus on church revitalization as well as development of new churches in our, uh, the southern two-thirds of Illinois. And and I was, I was thinking about this in preparation for this day, and I, I kind of came to the realization that it's, I very well might not be here uh, without the influence of Marlene Cummins, who in, was instrumental in approving the start of a brand new church in Champaign-Urbana in 1994 and 95 in that time frame. And, and my wife and I, as young single people who didn't know each other, uh, became a part of this church. And through its ministry is where I experienced God's outpouring of, of his Holy Spirit to call me into vocational ministry to be about Jesus' big mission in the world. Uh, but you, you would most likely know and relate to Marlene as a member of Troy United Methodist Church for uh, the, almost uh, the last two decades uh, since her retirement, uh, where, where she has faithfully taught the Faith Links uh, Sunday morning journey group that happens during this hour at 9 a.m. Um, and after 18 plus years of, of teaching that class, she has just most recently passed on the baton to others to carry out that mission. So if you have the opportunity today to be anointed by Marlene, uh, note the symbolism of her and, and really 
Marlene's pretty special, but, but she's only special because other people have done this before her. Note, note the symbolism of her and countless others before her passing on Jesus' mission and ministry to each one of us. Let's pray together. Well, Lord, if, if we're honest, there are times that we feel completely and totally overwhelmed with the responsibility that you've entrusted to us. To be your hands and your feet in this world. To reflect your light in this ever-darkening world. To carry out your, your big, big mission of telling people everywhere about you. Sometimes it seems hard enough just to get to worship regularly, let alone be your witnesses. And Father, today through the impartation of oil, would you powerfully remind us that you have not left us alone in our own power? Would you remind us that, that through this anointing that you will never lead us where your grace through your spirit will not sustain us? You have promised us your spirit as a down payment on the glory of your presence that we will one day experience fully. And until then, Lord, would you pour out your spirit on us today, empowering us to be your hands and your feet as we tell people everywhere about Jesus. For we pray in his name, amen.